Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing wonderful. Welcome to a Feminine Impression Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daph, and we are talking today about elegance. This is part four on how to be an elegant lady, how to look and feel and behave like an elegant woman, like the elegant woman that you are. And this is a final, final, final segment of the series. We've talked about physical beauty, about elegance being flow, about it not being rigid or harsh, but being like silk, like waves, like light rain, like a candle wick. We talked about your mental demeanor, your confidence, being well-read, and cultured and open to different experiences or not you're not necessarily familiar with even i would say different foods that you're not familiar with you know not going ew ew what's that ew and being open and interested we talked about grooming your clothing having your clothing be more simple or just super elegant and that's nice too as long as it's not all over the place, as long as there's some sort of flow and intention in putting the outfit together. We also talked about taking things slowly, taking your time. We discussed manners, the way that you eat, looking neat, your hair, your makeup, not wearing certain things outside of your home, being kind, your posture, your poise, the importance of sensuality, paying attention to details, right? We also talked about your own personal boundaries in terms of knowing when enough is enough, your refusal for certain things, being graceful in conversation, in movement, your mindset and the way that you picture your life and the things that you do with your time and your environment. So today we are going to talk about a few more things. I am going to dabble in a couple of other things that we've already talked about just to expand and perhaps give you some more examples. I do want to go back and talk about the importance of your environment when you are an elegant woman. And this is specific to those of you ladies who are in environments that make you feel separate from yourself. Maybe you're in a home that's very loud and rambunctious and dirty, or you live with someone who is always making you angry. It can be very difficult to channel elegance when you're feeling like you're always being pulled out of it. So it does take intention. And I think the first thing, the most important thing that you do is start your day off right. The way that you begin your day will set the tone. And as much as this is talked about, you don't really understand it until you actually practice it. Even if you just take one day and try it, you will see how different it is for you. But of course, it's a sacrifice. You have to sleep a little earlier, wake up a little earlier, and that's not always possible. However, if you can start your morning off in a way where you are alone, you have a little bit of time that's just for you in the morning where you can 
slow down, get a warm cup of tea or a warm cup of coffee. You can sit down, pray, talk to God, you know, read a scripture. I I love to read the Psalms when I don't have a lot of time. It's really nice to just open up the Bible to the book of Psalms and read one, just one for the day and just soak in that and pray over that. Or Proverbs is also really nice. And there's 31 Proverbs. So there's one literally for each day of the month. So whatever day it is, you can just read that proverb, even if you do it every single day for the whole year. And it's a really nice way to set your mind in a really peaceful place, allow God's peace to come over you. His peace is the only peace that's actually real peace. People love talking about having a peaceful life, but the only real peace is found in Jesus. And when you have that kind of peace, nothing can really rock you because he like holds you. He holds you together so tight that things sort of um, flush around you like wind, but they don't rock you. And that is priceless. So I, I love doing that. You can also journal in the morning. I would definitely stay away from your phone, stay away from any computer, any electronic, any television, stay away from people and just try to invite yourself into the day in a really slow way. And this will set you up for feeling more elegant and just more calm. Now, the second thing that I think is really nice in terms of environment, because again, you can't always control who you live with, how they behave, and it can be really just disarming and unsettling when you're around people who trigger you. And a lot of times you might be on your way to being a certain kind of person and you've been practicing and you really, really want it, but people throw you off. Or situations throw you off. You might get an email or a phone call and or a bill. And next thing you know, your mind is all scattered and stressed, right? And it's hard to get back into that space. So you can do things like, of course, listen to this podcast or listen to any podcast or YouTube video around these topics. And they usually can kind of reset you. But you can also follow people on Instagram. I know I like to do this. I like to follow people that resemble the values that I hold or who live and they may not necessarily live like this because again, it's social media. So it's very curated to a certain aesthetic for the purpose of being a brand. So it doesn't mean that their life is literally really like this, but they do a good job of showcasing elegance and it helps you if you're in a situation where you just kind of need a reset to look at something really fast and say, okay, like I'm getting back into this space. Right. And it's, it's sort of like motivational, I guess you could say. There are a couple people on Instagram that I'll share with you that I think do a good job of that in terms of making a presentation that allows people to get that like elegant flair when they go on their pages. And I chose people of three different ethnic backgrounds just because I think it's nice to have some variety there. One lady is named Josie LDN, Josie London. And what I'll do is on my Instagram, I'll actually post a story with all these ladies so that you can see their tags in case you don't get it on this podcast. But Josie LDN is one. I believe she lives in London. She's very classy, elegant. 
I do think she has a YouTube channel as well. And her home and just her daily routines and things are just very peaceful and elegant and beautiful and just nice to look at and just kind of get back into that mode. One of my absolute hands down favorites, um, her name is Megan, but her handle is Shades of Pink, but pink is spelled P-I-N-C-K, Shades of Pink. And I love, love, love her content because I think she's just a really natural in terms of like, I don't think what she's putting out is necessarily fake in any way. I think she's just a really elegant, feminine, fun, spunky girl. And her page really does do a good job of showing you different things that you can do to remind you, because I think it's just her natural life. But they're the very things I speak about here. And I know personally, I'm not as active on Instagram or on social media in a way where I can always give examples of these things. So I think it's nice to have other people who I know, like I can trust in a sense that these people are really people who I truly consider elegant feminine women, not necessarily people who are content creators on femininity or on elegance. I think a lot of them, their content is really performative and not necessarily genuine. These ladies, it's like their content has nothing to do with elegance or femininity. It's just, they're really great examples that I think you can learn from. And if you do, let them know that I sent you. Um, But yes, so Josie LDN, Shades of Pink, and then Josie LDN is I believe she is. I know she's Caucasian. I don't know where she's from. Shades of Pink is African-American. And Madison Clevenstein, I believe she is Asian. And her name again is Madison. And then it's Clevenstein, C-L-E-V-E-N-S-T-I-N-E. And she does a lot of like um, homemaking content and DIY and things of that nature. And she's like a young... Uh, I believe she's Asian American. I could be wrong. And her content is nice too. And so I think those three are really good for Instagram and on YouTube. One lady who I really think is super awesome. Her content on YouTube is so relaxing, so elegant. I mean, if you are someone who really wants to get in that space mentally of like really feeling outside of your environment and wanting to see a person who is living their everyday life, but is maybe a homemaker, feminine, loves being a woman, loves slowing down and taking care of her home and herself and her children and hobbies and things of that nature. I would definitely follow Inspired by Nikki on YouTube. And that's her name inspired by Nikki, N-I-K-K-I on YouTube. She is phenomenal. My absolute favorite person to watch when it comes to this kind of content. And I think you would really enjoy her, her videos. And she's also a Christian. So those are some examples. And I just wanted to put that out there because I do know that with, even with sharing all of this stuff, it can really be something that's difficult to maintain when you get thrown out of your element. And it's nice to have people who you can rely on to come back to and look at their content and say, okay, this is what I want. And this is an example of someone who's doing it. Let me get back on track. 
Okay, so with that being said, I just wanted to talk about some other things that are really important when you want to be truly an elegant woman. Remember to share this podcast with those that are in your circle. Make sure to share it on your stories and tag me if you do. I really do appreciate those of you who share my content. It means a great deal to me because unlike YouTube videos, podcasts are a little bit more difficult for a person to find. And it does help encourage me to create content when I know that it actually helps. It actually means something because I don't get any real-time feedback because it's a podcast. So I don't really get to know who listens and if the content even makes a difference. So I really do appreciate those of you who share and who post stories or send me messages and give me feedback. One way to really be a confident and elegant woman is to remember the power of your tongue. Women who are elegant are very careful about the things that they say. And elegance is one of those things that is so understated. It's so simple that it's almost kind of like shocking that something that's so simple is so meaningful. And that's the beauty of elegance. When women are truly elegant, they don't do a lot of unnecessary talking. So less is more in every category, including speaking. And so as an elegant woman, you're not oversharing personal information. You're not saying things that are going to make anyone feel uncomfortable, right? Saying things just to be funny and and then you accidentally make someone feel a little off or sharing information with someone you don't even know and you're disclosing very private things. And you're also, of course, being careful with the words that you use. So you're not cursing. Elegant ladies really rarely curse and If they say something that's a little bit more risque, it's done purposely because maybe they're trying to like invoke something in a moment. Maybe their spouse said something that was really out of line and they really want to make a point. So they have to be like completely out of character for the person to take them seriously. There's just something a little bit more serious about it. It's not an everyday part of their vocabulary to curse. And and I don't think it's appropriate as a young lady or an old lady, it doesn't matter how old you are, cursing is just so dirty. It's They really are dirty words. And it's like, when you use profanity, it's literally like your tongue has like mud all over it. It's just, it just makes you look so ugly. And the most beautiful, elegant people just strip away all of the work that they did to present themselves in a certain way when they use profanity. So if you're someone who struggles with profanity, it's probably as a result of the music that you listen to, the people that you grew up with, the people that you're currently in contact with who also use profanity, and the movies and the shows that you watch. Because when you make the decision to stop and you really are doing well with it. When you hear it, it will feel like someone is scratching their nails on a chalkboard. It'll just sort of like pain you. It'll be so striking to you because it will be so off from what you deem as appropriate. So I really want that to be your experience because I just don't think that it's appropriate for any women or men really, but 
we're, we're, we're ladies here. So <laughs> for any ladies to be using profanity and it helps you to just be more poised, more elegant when you use words that actually convey the meaning that you want it to convey instead of filling it in with a meaningless word to strike an emotion. Okay. And just using your tongue appropriately is something that I've talked about many times, but not talking down about yourself and not not shaming yourself or discrediting yourself or lowering yourself with your words especially in public. Let's say someone gave you a compliment and said, wow, that's a really beautiful bracelet. And you're just like, oh, hmm, this was only $10. It's like, you don't need to say that, right? You can just say thank you. All of the unnecessary talking, less is more. And when it comes to being elegant, a smile will do. A lot of times you don't even have to speak. You can just smile or you can nod or you can tilt your head. And that gives everything that you need to give in that moment. A lot of a lot of communication, I think I don't know what the percentage is. I don't want to misquote, but I wanna say it's around 80% of communication is nonverbal anyway. Most of the time it's not even the things that you're saying, it's the look that you give or the way that you move your body. And so as an elegant woman, I would encourage you to find other ways to say what you need to say without over speaking, especially in public. Another way that you can be very elegant, (laughs) especially when it comes to using your tongue, is silence. There's an art of silence in conversation, and it's a very attractive trait. When you're able to listen, when you're able to just be quiet and listen to someone else speak, And you can practice this at home. Just practice it with your children. Practice it with your man. Practice it with your mother. When they're speaking, even if you want to say something, even when they're done and you want to say something, just don't and see what happens. Just try it out. Try something different for once and see how life can be a little different for you. It'll strike up a different emotion in them if they're used to you always blabbering. It'll help them to talk more if they're used to being cut off. And if it's a man, say it's your husband or your boyfriend, it will make them feel like you actually care about what they have to say because you're listening and you're not trying to inject your opinions or try to, you know, I mean, really what they'll think is like, wow, what what is she thinking? (laughs) It'll help them just to kind of be a little more intrigued with you. And I'm not saying be silent and make a face like you have an attitude or that you're disgusted with what they're saying. Like you're still communicating if your face is communicating. I mean, truly look them in the eye with a nice neutral face or a smile and take in what they're saying and just say nothing and see what that does for you. The art of silence and conversation is so powerful. It really does change and shift the energy in a conversation when you know how to just be quiet. And elegant ladies are not running their mouths 24-7. They do know how to be quiet. And again, going in that direction of being mysterious as an elegant woman, 
Being mysterious is always quite intriguing to people. And that goes in line with just not sharing everything about yourself, not giving every single detail. And it's not in a way where you're trying to put yourself above people because sometimes people do think that when you choose not to share specifics that you are putting yourself on a pedestal. Like you are making it seem like you're so great and perfect and awesome and wonderful that you don't need to tell people <laughs> what you do or how much you know time you spend doing something or where you got something from, right? And that's really their own issues because a lot of people want information that's truly none of their business and they want it and then they take the information and they judge you or they talk about you and they don't need it. They don't need the information. Being mysterious is a really elegant quality and it just honestly protects you and helps you. And it comes in different forms and fashions. So you can be mysterious in a relationship, in a dating relationship. You can be mysterious in a family. You can be mysterious at work. Okay. And and it really comes down to how much you decide you want to share and how much you decide you want to give input on different things. People will look at you and say, I wonder what she's thinking. And then when you do finally speak on something, people take you seriously. People actually listen to you. You know those people at work who always have something to say, who are always arguing, always mad about something, always complaining. No one takes them seriously. They know who it's going to be in every meeting. They expect it and their words lose all of their value because they consistently over talk, over share, over complain. But the person who rarely ever says anything, but is very neutral, you know, they're not, they're not mean or argumentative. They're just observant and they do their own work. They work hard. They're just not petty. When those people say anything, everyone listens. And that's the kind of person you want to be. You want to be taken seriously. You want your voice to be heard. And that can only happen when you carefully choose what you want to say, when you want to say it, and you choose not to be someone who shares everything with everyone. I know this can be really difficult if you're a social person and you enjoy talking and sharing and connecting, but Once you start practicing this, you'll realize that you can still do that. You can still connect with people and laugh with people and talk with people without giving every detail, without sharing. And I'm talking also even about like pictures and media, like social media, oversharing. Okay. Like you don't have to post every time you go out with your friends or with your man or everything your child does. You don't have to do that. You don't have to share that you're pregnant or share when your baby is born or share when you got engaged. You can wait six months. You cannot share at all. You know, it's one of those things where you can decide what you want to share. Sure, maybe you, maybe people might think you're sharing everything, but they really don't get to see all the things, right? And they may be very surprised to find out how how little they actually know. Because you do a good job of sharing without oversharing. So if you're really social, then I think that's a really nice way to sort of 
do things. And it does take time and practice to learn what that actually looks like. But again, listen and watch people who do this and you'll be able to see what it looks like. And if it's part of your brand to share and to overshare, (laughs) then just know, okay, that's fine. But there are some consequences that can come with that. And you have to just kind of be alert and aware of those things. And just be careful. Just be careful. Um, Because unfortunately, the thing is, in this day and age, so many people go through so many things as a result of their decisions. And we, as a collective, don't find out the repercussions because they don't share. Because the repercussions are quite embarrassing or they're quite dangerous. And because of that, you don't get to see what happened on the other side of it. And so you may think it's fine and dandy, but you don't really know the truth behind it all. And so it's always best to do a little less rather than more. That's, I'll leave it at that. Another way that you can be more elegant and you can show elegance in your life more so for yourself. This is not about other people. This is not about impressing people. This is not about coming off a certain way for any sort of prestige or social elevation. A lot of times when I see content on elegance online, I get kind of I get kind of put off by it, I'll be honest, because it comes off as though the purpose behind it is to be in high society for a specific reason. And it's like, what is the actual reason? Is it so you can feel important? Is it so that you can perhaps meet a certain kind of person, certain kind of man and all that kind of thing? And maybe it is, maybe it is. But at the same time, what I see, and this is just me going off on a tangent really, (laughs) is a lot of times people who are teaching this sort of thing I don't necessarily know if they love themselves. Like if they are actually a person who understands life and understands people and understands themselves, or if they sort of curated a persona, even through plastic surgeries and lots of augmentations on their face, on their body, on their skin, on their hair, all over, like just completely manufactured a person. And now they're teaching other people how to become this very fake person. And I, I think it's dangerous because I, as a psychologist, always wonder, you know, mentally where people are, where people are, how they're really doing mentally. And it's easy to get a ton of plastic surgery and come on YouTube or have a podcast or go on Instagram and say, do all these things, right? But at the end of the day, like they're suffering, they're struggling, they're taking medications just to be able to function. And it's like you as a viewer don't know that. And you think this is the way to happiness. And so I think it's important to really understand the core principles behind things and allow the reasons that you change yourself in a certain way to be because it enhances your quality of life, not to necessarily gain something that you don't have, that you think 
will make your life better, but something that you may genuinely want in your life, if that makes sense. And if it doesn't make sense, I'm sorry, because that really was a tangent. <laughs> but I, I want to stress that, and I am, I am going on a tangent here, but this, I just, it just hit me like how important this is. I know life is so difficult for so many of us. And in our daily lives, like we go through so many things. So many of us struggle with issues that just happen in our lives where it could be a sick child or a cheating husband or getting laid off or not having enough money for the things that you want or having a mental illness. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on of the things that we struggle with. It could be your body image, right? Struggling to lose weight, struggling to gain weight, struggling to pass an exam, struggling to get a certain career. There are so many things in life that a lot of times make us feel like we cannot be a certain person until we can overcome that thing. And we may be reaching out for things like this, like how to be more elegant, how to be more feminine, how to be a high value and all these certain things. But we have other things in our life that are continuously pulling us back from that. And it's like, when you're in that situation, what do you do? Where do you go? Right. And that can make this stuff feel like an escape. And I don't want it to be an escape. I want it to be complementary to where you are right now in life and to help you to enhance whatever it is that brings you some joy and allow that to kind of be the, the light at the end of the tunnel that you're moving towards, but not as an escape and not as an obsession, right? Because a lot of times especially on YouTube, you know, I'm sorry, but I see so much stuff on YouTube that is concerning. And it's like, you don't want to ever become obsessed with this kind of thing where you're so absorbed in it that you end up wasting your time. Like they're literal time wasters. 10 things the elegant women don't wear and 12 things that make you look cheap and all these kinds of things. And the next thing you know, you're wasting so many hours watching this stuff and criticizing your life and being frustrated with your closet and wasting time shopping. And it's like the most important thing is to have these things in mind for awareness, for satisfaction for those people who truly are lost and to help you with your purpose, to help you with whatever it is that you're actually here for. Because life is so much more than these things. These things are absolutely beautiful and powerful. And I talk about these things because I've seen how much incorporating these things into my life has opened doors for me and has opened up internal doors for myself to feel better and to pay more attention, right? To myself and to other people. But it in no way is here to be a god, to be self-absorbed, to turn myself into this project that I'm only concerned about me and only concerned about material things and only concerned about how to be a certain thing. It's part of your life. 
And that's how I want you to look at it. It's part of your life. It's something that you're constantly working towards, but you're not letting it become an obsession. Okay. And I really, really want to make that clear. Don't let it become an obsession. So back to being elegant in a way that is authentic. Having special attire for different occasions, especially in the home, it's a really nice way to be elegant. So when I say that, I mean, when you get home from work, it's nice to change out of your work clothes and get into something that makes you feel elegant or feminine. This can be a beautiful bathrobe. It can be a silk pajama set. It can be a satin dress that you wear around the house. And it doesn't mean you have to buy 13,000 of them. It can be one or two and you can wear the same one every day, rotate it, wash it, you know, and it helps you to just sort of reset and having different clothing for different things really does help you to feel elegant. So having certain clothes that you wear to bed, and I know this may sound like, oh, duh, of course, everyone wears nightgowns and pajamas. Well, not everyone does that. And I know that because since having a baby, my days are so crazy and my days turn right into the night. And a lot of times I end up sleeping in whatever I had on already. And I don't change into my nightwear. And it does make a very big difference in how I feel and in how I sleep. And so having different things for different occasions, even in the home, is really nice. Like if you're cooking, wearing an apron and, you know, putting that over your clothes and allowing yourself to feel nice and cute and in that moment, right? And of course, keep your clothes clean, right? So these are just nice little ways, little touches that you can do that can help you to feel more elegant. And some ladies have like dresses that they'll wear just to clean. Maybe they don't want to get their nice clothes dirty while they're cleaning. So they'll have cleaning clothes. They'll have an apron for cooking. They have clothes that they wear, you know, to sleep. And then just clothes that you wear around the house to lounge around. You don't want to wear your fancy dress to lie around the house, right? But you may not necessarily want to be in pajamas. So, you know, you do whatever works for you and works for the weather condition that you live in and the people who live in your home. Okay, if you live with a bunch of brothers and you don't want to walk around with your silky pajamas on, maybe maybe you just feel uncomfortable, right? And that's fine. You can put on a nice robe on. But just having different attire around the house for different things will definitely help make you feel more elegant. And I do have a few more things, but I don't want this podcast to be too long. I will kind of just brush through the rest, keeping spaces tidy, right? Having a place for everything. When I was focusing on minimalism in my life years ago, I remember I had a little saying that I would tell myself, which is everything has a home. So whenever I would get anything, I would want there to be a specific location for that thing. So things are not all over the place, on the floor. Okay, elegance is definitely tied to cleanliness. And let me tell you, oh my goodness, this is one area I wish I didn't even have to talk about because this is something that I've always struggled with since being a kid. It's like just 
keeping the place tidy. I just never wanted to be bothered with cleaning up. Cleaning up just seemed like a waste of time, especially if I'm going to be using that stuff over and over again. But I did realize, you know, it took a long time, but eventually I realized how much of a difference it made for me mentally to be in a space that was clean and how possible it is to upkeep a place when you are intentional about cleaning up immediately and tidying up immediately. And the way that you use your things will make a difference in the cleanup and the tidying up process. But this is in every aspect. So I'm talking about like drawers. A lot of times things may seem clean on the outside. You may walk into a person's house and everything looks nice and tidy, but you open up a drawer and it's like, jam-packed with junk. So taking time every so often to just clean things out. I've seen challenges where people say they're going to get rid of like a hundred things in one month. And it may sound like a hundred things is not a lot to get rid of in one month, but when you start doing it, you start realizing, okay, like (laughs) this is real. I really could get rid of a hundred things and still have a ton of stuff. And so it's, It's nice to kind of take time every week, I would say, and get rid of things that you don't need. Get rid of things that are expired. If you have makeup that's expired, get rid of it. Makeup has expiration dates. Skincare have expiration dates. A lot of them say use within six months or 12 months and you had it for three years, right? And you're putting that highlighter on your skin and it's expired, And that could be causing you to have an irritation. So, you know, just be mindful of your environment, your car, keeping your purse, things like that, free of trash and junk. And just being more aware of areas that you feel bring you stress and taking care of it. Okay, we all have areas like that, right? Well, maybe not all of us, (laughs) but most of us probably have an area of our home where we look at it and feel a little bit of stress. It could just be a tiny corner in the kitchen or a certain drawer or a certain bathroom. And we look at it and we get a little bit of stress, a little bit of tension because we know that it is a little bit of a mess and we just don't have the time or the energy or the will to take care of it. And so I would recommend that those stressful areas that you're aware of, that you actually take the time and take care of it. And the last way to be an elegant woman is to give, 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 and have compassion. Okay, philanthropy is such an elegant thing. And people who are, I would say, you know, more affluent and live an elegant lifestyle, because you can be affluent and not elegant, those things do not necessarily go together first and foremost but those who actually care to live an elegant lifestyle they typically are very big givers and they're very compassionate and a lot of them are philanthropists and they go to these like charity events these balls and galas because of the fact that they are giving and giving is a very elegant thing to do it shows that you are content 
that you are gracious, that you feel like you have enough to where you can give things away. When you're someone who feels like they cannot give things away, then you are in a state of neediness. You're in a state of feeling like you don't have enough. You're not where you want to be. And that can be dangerous because when you have that mentality, it can lead to hoarding because you may never feel like you're where you need to be. You may never feel like you, you have enough. You may always feel like, what if you miss this thing? Or what if you don't have any money? It's a very negative, I would even say low vibrational mentality, right? Of feeling like you're probably going to be in a situation where you wouldn't have the money to have this thing again. So you're going to hold on to it, even if you have to hold on to it for 20 years. And it's like, okay, (laughs) you have five mascaras. You can throw three of them away, right? Or you have 25 pairs of shoes and you're not wearing them. Someone else could be using this. You don't have to give it away. You know, you can sell things. That's fine. But I'm specifically talking about giving. I'm not talking about selling. I'm talking about the act of giving without receiving. Okay, that is a very elegant thing to do. And it shows that you have a level of charity. And that is a beautiful trait. Okay, that not only enhances your elegance, it also enhances your beauty. It also enhances your quality of life because you will get a internal rush that will make you feel good, something that you can't replicate, right? You'll get this internal sensation that comes through, you know, hormones and activity in your brain from the act of giving, the act of helping someone else, the act of opening yourself in a way that promotes you to receive because you will receive. You will receive back every time you give. Um, It's built in. That's how God built the world systems up for you to give and receive and receive usually more than you even gave in a different way. But it's not the it's not the motive. It's not the motive to give to get. It's not the motive to sow to reap. That's not the motive. The motive is to open yourself up as a person to help someone else who doesn't have as much as you do. Because you can. Because someone else always has less than you do. And nothing that you give will be so devastating that you're going to wish that you kept it. <laughs> it. It really should never be that way. And um, I definitely hope that this information was helpful to you. I hope it helped you to reflect. I know it was a very long series, but being elegant is such an understated beauty. And in this culture of twerking and sticking out your tongue and acting ratchet and acting like a man, being elegant is a lost art. And so many young ladies, unfortunately, don't see the value behind being elegant because their role models do not act elegant. And it's unfortunate because those things lead to so much stress and strife and problems. And elegance always seems like it's only for people who are rich, but it's not true. Elegance will probably lead you to a lifestyle of being rich because again, if you really implemented all the things that I shared with you, yeah, you're on you're on your way. 
to be enriched because those things end up promoting a lifestyle that will attract great things, great riches in so many ways. Um, But it doesn't start off like that. You don't start off being rich and then you become elegant. (laughs) You become elegant and then your life becomes rich, not just with money, but it becomes rich with everything. So I hope it was helpful. I am so grateful for every single one of you ladies who listens to this podcast. Make sure to leave a review on the podcast if you get a chance, because you can definitely do that. And I do see those reviews. So thank you so much for those of you who have taken the time to review my podcast. And yes, share it with anyone that can benefit from it. I love you all so very much. And if you are an elegant lady who loves to smell beautiful, then I would love for you to visit findforever.com and purchase a beautiful, elegant fragrance. I have three fragrances right now. They're all very feminine. They're all so beautiful and they look so beautiful and elegant sitting out in your home. I would encourage you to purchase a fragrance just to enhance your elegance, enhance your mood, enhance your femininity, enhance life in general, because fragrance does that for me. It just enhances every single moment for me. I love to smell good. I love for people to tell me I smell good and I love to help you smell good. So visit findforever.com and follow me on my social media platforms at a feminine impression and my personal page at Dr. Michelle Duff. I will see you next time in all things you do, my dear. Make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.